We are in a series called Jesus Miracles. And each week we're looking at a different miracle that Jesus did. So before we talk about this week's miracle, I'd like to talk a little bit about who Jesus is what are miracles and why is this important and because Cambodia is mostly Buddhist as Baon Rachna was sharing earlier I want to talk a little bit about how Jesus compares to Buddha. And some of you may realize that this is a little unusual. I'm sure most churches don't talk about, Christian churches talk much about Buddha. And I can guarantee you that none of the pagodas are talking about Jesus. But I think talking about this is going to help us best understand who Jesus is, what miracles are, and why these are important to us. And one of the things that I find very, very interesting is that even though Cambodia is considered to be a Buddhist country, I've been told by other Khmer that most Khmer don't really know anything about Buddha. So the first important thing for us to understand is that Jesus and Buddha were real men that lived in this world many years ago. And there were many historical books that were written about their lives. And some of the most important books that were uh, about Jesus' life, for example, have been collected together into what we call the Bible. So when you hear us say, the Bible says this or the Bible says that, these are these uh, important historical books that we're talking about. And these books are very important for our best understanding of who Jesus is. So before we go any further, I want to ask all of you a very important question. How many of you want to find the greatest happiness in life? Raise your hand. How many want to be happy? Alright, some of these guys want to be sad, I think. Okay, who wants to be sad? Let's go with that one. Okay, any, any like people wearing black and looking sad in the place? Okay, 
It's important to understand that, you know, even though one of the most surprising things that you will understand. Is that even though Cambodia is a mostly Buddhist country? Everywhere I go throughout Cambodia, people talk about wanting to be happy. And Buddhists should never want to be happy. Buddha, when he was living in the world, learned that life was full of suffering. And he believed that suffering was caused by everybody wanting so badly to be happy. That the more you wanted to be happy, the greater your sadness would feel. So he learned how to feel nothing. And this is what he taught his, the people that followed Buddhism. That if you want to avoid a sad life, you need to give up also being happy. Buddhism teaches Buddhists how to feel nothing. And Jesus taught exactly the opposite thing. Jesus taught that happiness is a great thing. That we were all created to be happy. And you already want what Jesus is offering. You already want that happiness. And he also taught that something went wrong in the world. That evil came into the world and people started doing evil things. And this was the cause of suffering and unhappiness. So Jesus teaches us to resist evil, to run away from evil. And do our best to be good. And to bring goodness into this world. And this is the best and only way to find true happiness in this life. There's one other thing I want to highlight, a very important difference between Jesus and Buddha. Buddha was a real man, like us, like a real human being. He was born into this world with a mother and father. He grew up like many of you are doing. He created the new religion of Buddhism. He taught this throughout his life. 
He grew old and he eventually did what all old people do. He died. Now, the big difference between this and Jesus is that Jesus was teaching people that he was God. Now, can you imagine if somebody is walking around like a human being, like a man, and saying, I am God? Imagine if uh, one of us walked up to you after the service and said, Hey, I'm God. Would you believe them? What would it take for you to believe that that person standing there is God? And this is the big difference with Jesus. Jesus proved that he was God by performing many, many miracles. So what is a miracle? Uh, but Owen Elias was talking a little bit about that earlier. Yeah, yeah. And Baon Rachna gave her testimony about miracles. So what a miracle is, is when God is causing something impossible to happen. A miracle is God making the impossible possible. So help, to help you really understand what I'm talking about, I want to play a brief movie clip about one of the most famous miracles in all of history. So I want to tell you a little bit of the backstory very quickly. A evil army was chasing God's people. And they were trying to trap them and attack them. And destroy them. And they chased them to where they had become trapped against a large sea. And they had nowhere to go, and they were greatly in fear of being destroyed. So they prayed to God, and God showed up in a miraculous way. God made the impossible possible. First, he slowed down the evil army with fire and smoke. But they were still coming. So then he did something incredible. To set them free. Let's take a look at this video. Alright. So I wanted to show you that to give you a feeling for what a miracle can look like. So 
And God is still doing miracles today. Some of the miracles are very, very big, maybe like a little bit like this one. And some of them can be a bit smaller. But all of them are amazing because it's God making the impossible possible. Like Ba'on Rachina shared earlier, um, God miraculously froze her in place. She was always the fastest and she could always get away. But God came into that situation and just stopped her. And then she was trying to decide where to go for help. God put the voice and the idea in her head that she should turn to Jesus for help. This is a miracle. And I know that there's others of you in here today who have experienced miracles in your life. I've experienced some incredible miracles in my life. And if you've not yet experienced a miracle, I pray that you will begin to, I, I ask that you will begin to look for this in your life. So when Jesus was in the world, he was constantly making the impossible possible. So now I want to take a look at this week's Jesus miracle. In Jesus' time, very similar to the clip that we just watched, there was a very evil country that had uh, attacked God's people. And they put, yeah, and they put them in captivity and, and were very much like abusing them all the time, torturing them. And all of God's people were very, very poor. They had poor clothing, poor houses, poor food. They were often hungry and quite a bit sick. Even worse than their physical pain, they were extremely sad all the time because they believed that God had forgotten them. Their life seemed to have no meaning and they believed that they would never be happy again. So for some reason, some of you feel like your life does not have much meaning. And you're feeling unhappy. 
I promise each of you that Jesus has a plan, a great plan for each of your lives. So like maybe here in Cambodia you can understand what God's people were feeling like. There are some difficult conditions in Cambodia. So imagine you're like God's people. And you're feeling poor and sad. And you start to hear this man named Jesus. And you keep hearing stories about him. Maybe for some of you here today, you just recently heard Jesus' name for the first time. And you're like, what's that all about? And these people were hearing about Jesus doing all of these incredible miracles. But even more important to them in some ways, Jesus was teaching them that God had not forgotten them. And God had incredible plans for their lives to be happy again. So more and more people heard about Jesus. And more and more people began to look for him and follow him whenever they could find him. And they experienced his miracles. And they listened to his teaching. And they began to feel hope and happiness in their lives for the first time. So at the time of today's miracle, uh, Jesus had gathered many thousands of people following him. So they had to move farther and further outside of the city. Because the people just could not fit in the city anymore. There were just too many. Maybe it's a little bit like what we're experiencing here at uh, ICF. ICF continues to get bigger and bigger every Sunday. And we're trying to figure out ways to make more and more room for people. And we got a, a lot of exciting plans for what we will do. But immediately, our plan is to add an additional service in the morning. And I won't talk much more about this. Uh, Owen Elias will talk about this a little bit later during the announcements. So on this particular day, Jesus is teaching all day long. To thousands and thousands of people. 
Can all of you imagine if I stood up here and taught to you all day long? Maybe I should do that. Maybe you can't imagine that. <laughs> I can understand. I'm not Jesus. And Jesus was one of the greatest teachers that's ever lived. And people were so desperate for what he had come to give them. That they would follow him very, very great distances and listen to him for many, many hours. So it's late in the day and all these thousands of people are out in the middle of the desert. And his helpers, the people that were probably wearing tags like this, we're starting to get worried about how they would have food for all these people. And if any of his helpers are like our helpers, they were probably thinking a lot about themselves as well. We've been here all day out in the middle of nowhere and we're getting very hungry. And unlike Cambodia, there weren't many, many carts all around where they could go and get a nice Khmer sandwich. So they said, Jesus, what should we do? And Jesus said to his helpers, find a way. Find a way to feed them. And they were completely shocked. They didn't have much food with them. And they didn't have enough money. And they were far out in the desert. And people believed that there were something like 20,000 people out there with Jesus at that time. And they believed if they collected all of the money from the team, even all the money each of them could make in an entire year, that they would still not be able to buy enough food to feed 20,000 people. So Jesus asked a young boy to step forward. And this boy had five loaves of bread and two fish. So I'm sure you know, as I know, that this is barely enough to feed one small family. Five loaves of bread and two fish. I've seen the small family of my neighbors eating just about as much in fish and rice. Yeah, it was about the same amount of food. Okay. This front row alone could eat that much food and still be hungry. 
So if you can put this in, in scale, if you can see the big picture, so okay. we can see how big that is. There's about 200 of us here today. And there were 20,000 there. That's like us feeding 100 of these churches with five loaves of bread and two fish. This is completely impossible. But Jesus is all about making the impossible possible. And he said to the boys, simply give me what you do have. And the boy had heard of Jesus' teachings. And he was starting to believe that nothing is impossible for God. And anything can be possible for the followers of Jesus. So he gave Jesus his food. And Jesus started breaking it apart and handing it out. So he started with the bread, break it apart, give some here, give some here. Yeah. Splitting up the fish and just kind of handing it out. And his helpers began to help him distribute it throughout the huge crowd. And after they finished, all 20,000 people had been fed. And there were even leftovers. This is an incredible miracle. So take out your Bible word card for the day. And hold it up. I want to read this together. A boy gave Jesus five loaves of bread and two fish, and together they fed many thousands of people. God fed 20,000 people with the small lunch of a single small boy. And so what is Jesus trying to teach us? What do you think this demonstrated to the people that were watching and following Jesus? That nothing you have is so small that God cannot do miracles with it. Nothing each one of you has is so small or insignificant that God can't use it to accomplish amazing things. It doesn't matter how strong or weak you are. 
It doesn't matter how smart or unsmart you are. It doesn't make any difference what skills you do or don't have. What money you do or don't have. It's never too little for God to do the impossible. All you have to do is humbly step forward and give to Jesus what you have. And he will begin to make the world a better place through you. And you will begin to know and understand true happiness in your life for the first time. So, here's an example from my own life. Um, I've always been an artist. Yeah. And this is how I entertained myself when I was young like you. As I've told some of you before, my, my childhood was very unhappy. Uh, and you might not think that's possible from America. But my family was very, very broken. And it was a very dark and difficult place to grow up. So I spent a lot of time in my room just drawing pictures. If the world around me was going to be an unhappy place, I decided that I was going to just draw an imaginary happiness that I wasn't feeling. So, unfortunately or fortunately, I don't have any of my earliest drawings here to show you today. But I have a couple to share with you. This is one I drew by hand. Next one. This is by hand. These are some illustrations I did for a magazine. This is a front cover of a, a magazine, and this is from an article in a magazine. This is another article that I did illustrations for. Obviously, this story was about bees. So I drew, and I drew all the time. But when I came to know Jesus, I did not know how just simply being drawing things could possibly um, be valuable to Jesus. I thought the drawings were just important to me. But I heard about this miracle and I decided that even though these drawings are just something small to me, if I give this to Jesus, maybe he can do something special with it. And over time in my life, 
I was, uh, God invited me to do artwork for the church. And it's what I did for many years back in America at the church that I was working in. And it's the main reason that we came to Cambodia in the first place. I wanted to come here and teach art and help people. And this is the main reason why uh, Andy invited me and my family to become a part of this church. Because they, yeah, they wanted somebody to help designing the signs that you see outside. And the imagery for the, uh, the presentation here. And this is the re- this is how God has taken something that was small for me. And brought me to the completely to the other side of the world. To do miraculous things for Jesus. And for me it was just a small little thing me drawing privately in my room. But when I gave it to Jesus, he made the impossible possible in my life. And he led me step by step into a much happier life. And into a life that has meaning and significance for God's people. So each of you received a piece of paper and a pen this morning. So what I want you to do over the next minute or two is think about what small thing that you have to offer Jesus. What is something special to you? What is some small talent that you have? What is some small thing about you that you can give to Jesus like the boy gave his five loaves and two fish? Think about it. What are your five loaves of bread and your two fish? What is that small thing that you can humbly, like a young boy, hand over to Jesus? Okay, now what I want you to do with this paper is put it in your pocket. And I want you to take it home with you. So, and I want you to think about 
what you put on the card. And I want you to start talking to Jesus about what you've written on that card. And I want you to start thinking about how Jesus can use this small thing to make Cambodia a better place. Think about it, talk about it to Jesus. And imagine how this small gift can make the world a happier place. And God and Jesus can use this to make your life the happiness that you are wanting.